coming up. Yes, we are. Hello. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to A Reason for Hope. Here, let me do this again. Hello, everyone. Something weird happened. I'm not sure if it was me or whether it's Adrian Van Vactor meddling. <laughs> but to see countdown going, you can see us. Intro, we're recording. Okay, I think seems we're, like we're going, man. I think we're going. Think Hopefully, we're, we're going. Welcome to A Reason for Hope. In case it's your first time with us, uh, Reason for Hope is an hour-long live broadcast, uh, which is guided for the most part by your questions on the Bible. So, any questions you have about the Bible, uh, you know, verse or passages of Scripture you've you've read in your study, you're like, what does that mean? How does that apply to my life? Or maybe something you're going through. You're trying to make a decision in your life. You'd like to know what the Bible says about it, what the, uh, the Lord would have you do. Maybe you're a seeker. Maybe you just have questions about Christianity or what the Bible says. Maybe even other other religions and world views as they relate to Christianity and what the Bible teaches. As long as it's an honest question, as long as it's a sincere question, we're more than happy to uh, receive those questions from you. We're on multiple online platforms, which I'll go over in just a moment, so you know all the different ways of joining us so we're very uh, glad you're joining us we're glad for your questions which guide our content along my name is dave robson and i'll be your host today i'll be jumping around those platforms as your questions come on in with us oh, today yeah. on this tuesday we have bo willette who's the assistant pastor here at Calvary christian so fellowship boring huh it's i like know you guys are just hopping but today you just got me just you yeah let's yeah. just let's just cancel it Let's just, yeah. yeah we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. Bo, thank you for being with us. Sean is a little under the weather. Um, there he is. Look, empty seat. Isn't that oh. sad? Oh, yeah, so sad. He's not feeling too well. So just Bo today. But we are very glad to have you. You doing well? Yeah, doing great. Yeah? Yeah, doing that's good. good. It was a good day and good to be here and good to get into the Word. I mean, that's the fun part about the show is, you know, when you're a do administration work you're kind of you know how it is just like anybody who's at work you know you're <laughs> pushing papers and working on different things yes and, you know stuff like that and then all of a sudden it's like man let's let's open up the bible yeah so it's yeah. kind of cool you do a lot of different things because you are the, the administrator and and pastor scott's assistant pastor and you do a lot of different stuff and you do it well too and you you you're someone that um uh, kind of seamlessly goes from one thing to another. I've seen. I've learned a lot. I mean, you've been a mentor of mine for years. And you, and I mean, fifteen years but plus. You do, but you've learned to do that too. I mean, yeah. you have that kind of character quality too, where I you guess. can kind of, you know, jump from leading worship, and all of a sudden you got to do this other thing. Yeah. And you got this other project going on, and you right. have to organize, and you have to, you know. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I I value you too, and yeah. your just your ability to do that as well. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, you learn. Otherwise, I mean, years ago, I would get very maybe hyper focused or stressed over things, and you just can't. You learn to flow with the leading of the spirit and just be present in what you're doing, and that it's not about your own strength and all those things you learn, like you say in ministry. Yeah. Otherwise, you you get the burnout. You yeah, know, syndrome. Um, yeah, especially and, you know we're coming up to Christmas. I remember the Christmas services. Yeah, I mean all the services are very important to me. I put a lot into that, a lot of prayer, a lot of effort, a lot of thought. Yeah, but like special services, Easter and Christmas. I yeah. mean, if you ask the team, like, yeah, you you became a different kind of person. <laughs> Did you remember this? Did you remember that? Did you you're gonna press this button and you know? And I yeah. couldn't I couldn't sustain that. Yeah, and I, you know Calvary chapels tend to have. Um, kind of that person or a few people actually that kind of are jack of all trades or kind of organizing things and kind of all over the place and yeah. um, 
you know, I find that uh, you and I kind of have some of those similar roles, right. you know, in, in the church here. Um, yeah, and it's a big question always, too, in people's mind, like, how do you not burn out, right. you know, in ministry? Yep. Um, it's funny how people ask me that a lot, and they tend to like, oh, man, don't you burn out, don't you burn out, don't, you know? Yeah. And it's been, uh, I think, going on 30 years here, but, um, you know, um, no, I mean, uh, and I can I can answer that why, but... Um, but I think you touched on it. It's just, uh, you know, you have to serve under the Lord. Yep. And it's got to be a work of God in you doing it. Um, if it's not, you know, you got to go back to the drawing board yep. and uh, really think through what you're doing and why you do it. Right. Uh, kind of thing. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard people say ministry is so hard, you know, and it's like, man, if you can do anything else, then do mm-hmm. that. But I don't know. It, I, I think it's the greatest blessing i mean jobs are hard people have you know i mean i drove around my neighborhood over the summer and there were people up on the roof fixing the tile i'm like that's hard you know in 110 it's like i get to come and serve serve the lord and i'm not trying to be cheesy about it but i mean everything we do even if it is mundane even if we're you know cleaning a toilet that's you know got trashed like we're serving god and his people in a in a place of worship and i mean i think i don't know i i I, I can't say it's, I mean, yeah, you, you, you're dealing with people's yeah. like problems and difficult things and maybe church discipline and people losing loved ones. It's obviously difficult things, but yep. to say like, oh, it's too hard. I think it's, I think it's a blessing, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's totally, and that's the right attitude. I mean, it's too hard if I'm the answer, right. if I can somehow fix people. Right. Um, or or you're trying to, it's yeah. on me to fix them. But if it's on the Lord to fix people, and the work of the Holy Spirit to fix people in their life, then I can just be a conduit of grace and just going, hey, God's been gracious to me. I'm going to share his word, and may God be gracious to that person as well. But, you know, you got to kind of leave the results uh, under the Lord. Ministry can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's times that are very trying, and you can feel very hard-pressed. Yeah, uh, that's a good kind of biblical yep. idea. The uh, Garden of Gethsemane, right? The the place of olive pressing. You know, that's the garden. Yeah. And um, as Jesus sweated great drops of blood, and ministry can feel like that at times, man, yep. where you feel like you're hard pressed. Yeah. And as a leader too, sometimes it can be um, humbling because you yourself, as a leader, have so many frailties. And you, like everybody, have feet made of clay. Yep. And it's it's learning how to lead even in that vulnerable place. Right. You know, um, you don't have to always be the one who's got all the answers. Yep. I might not have your answers here on the show today. Right. Right. You know, um, it would stress me out if I somehow had to be Pastor Scott or Sean or, yep. you know, someone who really has a giftedness yep. in apologetics. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't sense like I need to be that. Right. I can just be me yeah. and, uh, you know, how God uses me. And, and yeah. you know, there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I remember it was... And if I, I get know. fired, I get fired. Yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> I think it was just, was it just a couple of years ago that I was my first time on the show? And I think everyone was sick and no one could break okay, it. And you was like, what? Dave Robson, come again. And that was a horrible day man i was having panic attacks and sweating like i can't i can't you <laughs> I can't know do this. yeah because i was thinking i had to be yeah you know just yeah. go go 
toe to toe with Scott, and you know, but yeah. it's like no, I just and it's okay, like you say, to but we don't, we don't know, but yeah. we'll find we'll find those answers or whenever it may be. Yeah, and there's no doubt. Some people, you know, have studied a lot more, and there's always people that have studied a lot more than you. I've learned that yeah. Yeah. as well, and uh, and there's also a lot of people that have studied a lot less than you out there. So yeah, you right. know, <laughs> yeah. and so, the giftedness. That's I mean, right. yeah, I and, mean, I've, Sean and Scott both have. A gift they have yeah. a kind of intellect i listen to sean speak i'm like i i would never i could study <laughs> full time 24 7 yeah. for the rest of my life and yeah. still not have that amount of knowledge in my head because i'm just not right that's not my gift and i think i think too like you know some of us have um you know giftedness in other areas that our minds are kind of gravitating to yeah. so both you and i are musicians we both play music we both played music for a long time mm -hmm. in our life and that takes up a part of our brain. Yeah. So there's parts. That's the only part. Of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so there's parts of our mind that want to uh, not only listen to music, but kind of you know feel music and and yeah. think about how God's using us in that area of yeah. life or whatever. Yeah. Where some people are apologists, just uh, you know, gosh, uh, you know, day in and day out, mm -hmm. man, they live and breathe. Yeah. You know the word. Uh, you know all the time. Yep. Yeah. And they love it. Yeah, and uh, that's their giftedness where, man, it's awesome. I'm glad the body has a, a diversity there. That's right. And that's a biblical concept. We're all a different part of yeah. the body. Right. You know, and, of course, body parts are different. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> but they all, work, they all work together. You know, that is important. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's important. You know, it's like a baseball team. Everybody in, on yeah. the baseball team is important, right? You can't have a, a, a team without the field having each player yeah um or else there's going to be a giant hole somewhere yeah um right yeah or like little kids i'm sure you i mean we both have kids did yeah. you go to one of their soccer matches when they oh, were yeah you know kindergarten age it's just a pack of kids <laughs> running after a ball after the ball <laughs> yeah. right everyone's midfield everyone's in goal everyone's yeah. right yeah. and everybody goes i want to be the i want to be this and right. and you know just just um you know be uh you know what god has called you to be and uh mm -hmm. it might have a lot of even that might have a lot of diversity you might have a lot of different interests and that's cool nothing's wrong with that yeah. you know uh not everybody's going to be the scholar um right. you know the writer or whatever yeah. you know and that's yeah. okay right and a big part i found of leading people and being a leader in the church is putting people in the right spot mm -hmm. to serve and i find that especially in music ministry because a lot of people want to be in music ministry because it's desirable you get to play your instrument it's a it's yeah. a fun thing yeah but i've had to really discern you know if i put them on the team they're not going to be doing other things mm -hmm. and maybe they need to be doing other things you know there's plenty of other places to serve kids ministry or whatever it is and and i'm sure you've seen that you know in your role a lot more making sure people are in the right spot um maybe not necessarily what they really want to be doing the most but something you, you see a calling a you see a giftedness yeah. you see an opportunity for them um maybe beyond what their confidence would tell them even you know yeah. like I, you know i see teaching gifts or but you know that's a big part of discerning you know as you lead people putting them in the right spots yeah if you would have asked me or even or told me like hey you know you're going to be a guy who uh, works with books and administrates and, yeah. you know, healthcare and, you know, this right. kind of thing, you know, taxes. I would have been like, what? 
yeah. like, you know, CPA guy, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just never would have thought it would have been me. I was the guy who couldn't pass, you know, math 101 at university. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so God has a sense of humor too. Yeah. But, you know, you do it under the Lord, you, you know, and like you say, it's uh, what is it, what Psalm is it that it's, um, you know, uh, I'd rather be a housekeeper in the house of the Lord, right, than yep. dwell in the uh, uh, house with uh, of the rich. Right. You know, basically. Right. Um, but yeah, just enjoying God and yep. what we're doing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I enjoy making coffee still. I mean, just doing simple things. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's Absolutely. Not a, it's not a bummer. Whatever no. needs, whatever needs doing. Yeah. You know. Well, let me. Um, it's good chatting with you. Let's go over real quick. Um, just the different platforms, just so you know where to find us. Um, like I mentioned, Reason for Hope, we're live with you Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. here in Tucson, Arizona, Mountain Standard Time. And of course, you can join us all around the world because we're on that that internet thing. So we go out all around the world, but we're here in Tucson, Arizona is where we're based. It's a ministry and outreach of Calvary Christian Fellowship, where, as I mentioned, Bo and I are on staff here. Uh, Bo is the, uh, the assistant pastor and I'm the worship pastor here. At Calvary Christian Fellowship. It was a ministry started by Scott Richards, who's our senior pastor. It's been going for well over 20 years uh, now. And uh, it's just been a real blessing to be available to answer your, your questions on the Bible um, as they lead us along on our shows here. So calvarychristianfellowship.com. You can go to that website to uh, get some more information about our church here. If you're in the Tucson, Arizona area, you're more than welcome to come and um, check us out. We're near Prince and I-10 on the west side of the freeway in the business park. It's about a block north from the Prince I-10 exit. You'll find us over there. Um, but calvarychristianfellowship.com is more information. You can get in touch with us through there as well. If you go to that watch live tab anytime we're live, you will find us there at that link or ccftucson.online.church is the direct link. You can just type that right into your browser, ccftucson.online.church. We'll take you to the same place. We're live there. You can sign in with a username of your choice and then um, interact with us through the chat function. When we're offline, you'll see a schedule of upcoming events and uh, a countdown to our next event as well. We stream our services there as well, so you can you can join us for any of those. We're on Facebook as well, Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson on Facebook, facebook.com slash Tucson. Don't forget to like and share. We'd appreciate that. Send us your questions in um, through that uh, method as well, the, the chat box that's attached to the live video as we're streaming there right now. We have an app for your mobile device as well. Once again, Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson in your app store. Look for that red background with the white Calvary Chapel Dove logo. Download the app and you can watch us on your on your mobile device. And then on Roku and Apple TV, we have channels as well. Go to your channel store and add us as a channel. You can watch us on the big screen if you have Roku and Apple TV, a smart TV or uh, Apple TV um, box or uh, et cetera join us that way we're on youtube as well the name of the channel on youtube is a reason for hope a reason for hope on youtube again we'd appreciate it if you would uh, like and subscribe and um, click on that notification bell if you'd like a prompt when we are live and it's a great place for archive as well um, just the media archives that live tab if you go there anytime we've been live it will archive there for you we also upload kind of questions of the week and other content as well but if you missed the show you wanted to recap um part of the show you know me and bo's wonderful conversation we just had i'm sure you want to watch just that just over and over again and gather your family around but anyway youtube's a great place to do that our senior pastor here i mentioned scott rich is not with us today he'll be with us tomorrow and uh, lord willing the rest of the week as well he's on twitter scott r4h scott letter r number four 
letter H if you want to follow along with him on Twitter. Uh, he posts um, daily about uh, things, especially things going on in the world. Of course, right now there's a lot going on in the Middle East and Israel, just as it relates to um, end times and biblical prophecy and that kind of thing. So kind of a commentary on news articles and things going on. So it's uh, really interesting to follow along with uh, Scott Richards on Twitter, Scott Arthur H. We're on Rumble as well, not live, but we post video content there. Content if you're on the Rumble uh, platform, just look for a reason for Hope Bible Q&A. And then our email address, questionsforhope at gmail.com. Questionsforhope spelled out, lowercase, at gmail.com. You can send us your question there as well. I'll be checking all those platforms as we go along. Welcome if you're joining us on the radio, Reach Radio or another radio affiliate. Uh, traffic in Tucson has been uh, real heavy lately, so do drive carefully if you're on your drive time home. Keep in mind that you're listening to the last show that we did pre-recorded. We're not live with you on the radio, but those other platforms, we are live as can be. And so send your questions in and we'll get to them on the show today. So that's that's about it. That's all the way to join us. Yes. CalvaryChristianFellowship.com is a great home base. Obviously, that's our website, so we have the most control over that. Um, uh, other than these, you know, the social media platforms. But however you join us, welcome. Send your questions in. I'll throw them out here to Bo, and uh, we will see. We'll what see will how it rolls. Today. Yeah. We'll would see. you like to pray for us, Bo? Before yeah, we absolutely. That, that would be cool. Invite the Lord to come in and lead us and speak and all that. Yes, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to get into your Word. Now we pray that you would be honored and blessed as we uh, just honor your Word. And we thank you so much for all the listeners. We pray for them uh, and that, Father, uh, our words would be grace seasoned with salt to edify those that listen. Uh, we pray for safe travels for those that are uh, on the highway right now. We pray, Father, for those that uh, these holiday seasons are very tough on. Um, yes. And sometimes our hearts can be overwhelmed mm. by such burdens uh, during the holiday. And I pray that you would just encourage people, and uh, Lord, they would know you are uh, the refuge and fortress, the place that they could run to. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen yeah, it's been one year since my mom passed away, wow. and uh, f six years since my father passed away. Yeah. And so um, it's interesting how every holiday season is a reminder of you know, not just the blessings that you have in life, right. but also those that you miss, yeah. you know, and uh, as time goes on, you just miss them more and more. You wish yeah. you had more time. And it's so cliche, you know, gosh, if I just had more time with that person, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I had a beautiful relationship with my mom and dad. And yeah. just for those that don't know me, you know, I grew up in Southern California, uh, born in North Hollywood and uh, uh, raised out there and then moved into uh, Ventura County. Um, and so I'm a Southern California boy and uh, raised with a, a very party family. Um, you know, they, they came out to Hollywood to party. And, and so, um, uh, but yet my dad was a, an alcoholic and, and, and his alcoholism was so, um, intense that uh, it tore apart our family um, mm. in in just every way. Um, his marriage was uh, horrendous, probably one of the worst marriages you, I could ever imagine. Um, anything that you can do wrong on your wedding night up till the end, he did it. Wow. 
Um, and he, and, and with that, you know, you carry as a kid, you, you grow up with a lot of, um, uncertainty. Uh, you get older with a lot of, uh, hatred in your heart towards your, your old man and, um, a lot of resentment and bitterness. Uh, and, and, you know, I had it certainly a bitterness towards both of my parents for years. Um, I was the first in my family to commit my ways to Christ Um, and, uh, I was born again when I was around 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I I met uh, a guy named David Guzik and Pete LaJoy, um, and some others. And it was just a real (laughs) interesting experience for me coming from not a Christian background at all to meeting people. And they had this little church called Calvary Chapel right down the street from my house. I actually could walk to it. Mm -hmm. It was that close. And so I would, I'd walk over there and bring my Bible and bring my reggae friends. And, you know, that, uh, we heard of the Bible through Bob Marley, but, <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> we, you know, but, um, but I really, um, you know, uh, even though my parents never didn't stay together and, uh, and all that, uh, they had a wonderful reconciliation as friends and they both worked on their, if, if you will, their recovery. Mm. They worked on their lives, and they worked on their honesty, um, and really dealing with what they needed to deal with in their lives, in their hearts. You know, Jesus said, it's not what goes in a person that defiles them, right? But it's what comes out. Right. And then he talked about all those things that's in us. Mm. Um, and those are the things we need to work on all the time. Yeah. You know, there's jealousies and envy and striving and insecurities and anger mm-hmm. and discontentments and all this stuff. Yep. And I was fortunate that in my late teen years, my parents were already working on their stuff. And and so, you know, before my parents passed away, I, I had 35 incredible years with them. Wow. And, and so it, a lot of joy, but even with all that joy that we had and such rec- reconciliation and such just awesome times, I mean, gosh, uh, in the ocean baptizing my own mom and yeah. I baptized my wife and, uh, you know, uh, stepfather um, and different things like that, mm. just very cool sharing with my uh, biological dad the Bible and seeing him read the Bible and just things I never thought would be possible. Mm. Um, you know, you miss just hanging out with them. Yeah. You know, you miss people. Yeah. And so I'm sure a lot of people out there too, as they're listening to this, maybe they go, man, you know what? I'm, I miss those people too. Yeah. And, um, and that's okay. It's okay to have that grief and that, that melancholy, if you will, right. and just... You know, it means that we loved people, and, and mm-hmm. people meant something to us. Right. And, and there's something beautiful in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I can say, coming up to Christmas, it is sad because it, you know, it, it can be such a joyful time mm-hmm. and giving gifts and the decorations and all that. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> right, right, right. You hear <laughs> all the it, songs and they sound so nice. That's right. But then it can be the flip side of that. If you have lost a loved one or you're going through a difficult season, it can provoke that uh, even more so you know, become more painful. Even I'm, you know, my kids are teenagers now and I'm, they've changed. My son especially has changed very quickly, very rapidly, mm-hmm. become a teenager. Right. He's, he's 15, he's been yeah. a teenager, but it just suddenly he's become a teenager, you know, and I'm thinking about Christmas and what that looks like and how to make that special for them and 
you know, it's not quite when they were young kids where they wake up, oh, right. presents under the tree and, you know, Santa drank the milk and whatever, you know, right. it's like, how do I um, enjoy that with them now? And, and is it important to do that? Or did I just, in fact, you're talking with your wife, Sylvia, she said, you know, it might be just be that they know that they're loved by God and that's what Christmas is really about. It doesn't have to be, you know, there's so much I need to let go of. Yeah. Um, but like you say, my stuff. You know, like, what is my stuff in that? What do I, right. I want, you know, as a dad. Right. I, I'm trying to control my situation. Trying to control my situation and, and hold yeah. on to the past and not yeah. not accept this new. And, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the Bible says in the, uh, about the end times, right? People just do what's right in their own eyes. Is yeah. that the end time? Yeah. I mean, that's, if you think about that, doing what's right in your own eyes, we can all do that. I yeah. feel this way, therefore that's what I'm going to do. I feel this way. So it must be true. It's true to me. So it's true. Yeah. As opposed to, like you say, doing the work and really looking at ourselves in a humble way Yeah. and seeing those, um, you know, defects as like the 12 step calls. calls yeah. It. Right. Right. Some people don't, they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So we feel for people out there too. That's yeah. a, during the holiday, it's, uh, uh, can be a, a nerve wracking time, Yes. you know, yeah. in families for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so don't I mean don't be a stranger if you are out there. I know we yeah, have, we absolutely. have Christmas services. Uh, you'll be you'll be amazed how many people are in that situation with you going through a difficult time. Unfortunately, we just we did a, a, a surviving the holidays, which is a grief part of like, like grief share. Grief share. We ministry. just did that a few yep. weeks ago. Um, so unfortunately, that's that's done with now. But um, do reach out if you're going through a difficult time. We have Christmas Eve services as well. Um, Going to be two in the morning and one in the evening this Christmas. So if you are feeling alone and are alone, come along and, and reach out. The church is supposed to be there mm -hmm. um, to have that kind of fellowship as well. Yeah. So. And I just want to remind people too uh, to tune into All Israel News to check out kind of the latest going on in uh, Israel and the war. Um, it, it's such a good website. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's covering news and events that impact Israel, the Middle East, um, and, uh, you know, for the evangelical world. So it's a very Christian-based uh, place to go. And uh, some of the articles today were just um, so sad. I was reading this one article about Hamas. It's, it, well, it's titled, Hamas Sexual Violence Against Israeli Women Revealed at UN. Um, and it, it's a very detailed article. So it's not, um, I wouldn't say this is uh, a PG rating. It's definitely not R rating. Yeah. yeah, not for kids. Good to know. Um, or else I'd probably just read it here. Maybe Scott will read it tomorrow or look. Uh, but it is a eye-opener. And a lot of us sometimes fail to realize just how cool Jesus uh, was when he was here on this planet. Mm. And what I mean by that is in John chapter 4, you have this situation where Jesus uh, goes out of his way to meet a woman at a well. Mm -hmm. And uh, his disciples are, in, in that John chapter 4, his disciples are blown away that he's all alone with this woman and right. talking to her, and she's a Samaritan. And so there's a couple kind of cultural... Countercultural, yeah. Yeah, no-nos, right? Mm -hmm. uh, she's a woman, you're all alone with a woman, not good. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, she's also a Samaritan woman. That means she's kind of a little bit on the uh, mm, 
<laughs> side, you know. Racy side? Yeah, yeah, she might be a little more, you know, kind of those, you know, uh, those people that I used to hang out with, by yeah. the way, <laughs> you know, but that that kind of, you know, uh, very maybe more looser cultural ideas mm -hmm. and uh, not the conservative crew, right. let's say that. And, uh, and yet Jesus is there speaking incredible words to her mm -hmm. and impacting her and Jesus was safe. And when you read an article that's on all Israeli news, um, all, all Israeli.com about Hamas and the sexual violence that took place against the women, Israeli women. And I'm sure there was some women that probably weren't even Israeli and they were abused as well. Mm. Um, just absolutely horrible. Um, don't even want to share what, it, what happened. Yeah. Um, it's so horrible, but that's what makes us look to Jesus and go, man, what a beautiful savior, right. you know, to be so safe, you know, where a woman in her vulnerability, yeah. um, in her moment of fear, you know, here uh, uh, a Jewish man comes up to her at a well, what is he gonna say? Is he gonna criticize me? Is he gonna cut me down? Is he gonna try to coerce something out of me? What is, what's gonna happen? Yeah. You know, and yet Jesus is super awesome. Mm -hmm. He's super safe. And yeah. that's a real message to us out there in the world is, you know, am I for us men? Is that are we safe? Mm. You know, are we safe men? Mm. The world has dealt with us, um, our scene, our unsafetiness, yeah. <laughs> you know, on a large scale. Right. The world is the way it is, largely in part predominantly because of us men. Right. We haven't treated people right. Yeah. And so whenever we're bagging on people and on issues, sometimes we fail to see our responsibility hmm. of it, you know, in it. Yep. And go, yeah, I haven't been the best guy either. Hmm. You know, I haven't done the right things either. Hmm. A lot of times we want to say it's those people. But yet we have to make the distinction uh, is Hamas, if, are these people following a leader? And are they, have they been led down the wrong path? Mm. You know, Jesus in the book of Matthew, I think it's chapter six, talks about, uh, you know, you'll, you can know a false prophet by their fruit. You know, uh, a good tree produces good fruit. Yep. And uh, so sometimes we have to look at what's going on in our world and, and when it comes to world religions and go, are these people following a religious path? And the answer is yeah. And, and we go, is that, is that how their follower, is that how their leaders led? Right. And, and we look at Muhammad's life and we go, oh yeah, affirmative. And so this is the great thing about Jesus, is Jesus was so different. And to be, um, you know, I, I would aspire as a, as a man to be that safe around women where they could share something with me and I'm not gonna use it and coerce and you know what I mean, go in those directions. Right. Um, so anyway, that's I, I, I just wanted to bring up all Israeli.com. Scott's been in it quite a bit. And I'm sure he'll give some great updates tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Yeah, so what's the question? 
Well, we had one just uh, came in live from Casey, so we can get to that. No oh, waiting. You're first up. Um, hey, Bo. She addresses you. Hey, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Casey. <laughs> directly what's up? Calling you out. Yeah. Uh, can you please explain First Corinthians uh, seven four? I think you covered it in a devo, but I still struggle with that verse. It's um, yeah. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does, and likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body. But the wife does. Yeah, let's go. Section. Let's go over it. Yeah. So marriage uh, is talked about in First Corinthians chapter seven, and Paul is addressing a or responding to a letter that he got from the Corinthian church. So um, it says in verse one, now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to marry. But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. N notice it's not two husbands, three husbands. It's not, it's not <laughs> anything like that. It's just one. Just the one. Just one. One's enough. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife's body does not belong to her alone. I like that. I like that version, the NIV version, where it says not to her alone. alone. It's not that your body doesn't belong to you. Right. It's that it doesn't bo bo uh, belong to you alone. Mm. There also is another um, person involved now. Right. And it says, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. So kind of a revolutionary teaching, right? Yeah. And that... Uh, you know, think of it back then, hey, you know, the man might say, hey, I'm going to exercise authority over you mm -hmm. as a woman. I have you, you're my property, whatever it was back then. Right. Um, I'm going to use you sexually as ever as I want. Yep. Now, the Christian ethic comes in of the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And this is what, you know, this is the beautiful idea of Christian ethics, is it's for all areas of life. Mm. So when you think of um, like better to give than to receive, that should be seen in the marital bed. Yep. You know, it's better to give than to receive. Right. It's, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself. Yep. These are all ethics that should be in your marital bed. Right. Um, so there's no place in the Christian environment, in your environment, where Christian ethics are tossed out. Where you throw out Christian <laughs> ethics, yeah, which is odd because a lot of people, when they go into the marital marital bed, yeah. they tend to shut the door and kind of God's yeah. <laughs> out in the hall. Good night, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> See you in the morning. That's yeah. right. And then and, and then it's it becomes like a secular event, right? Which misses all the glory of right everything the of God. The very purpose of it. Yeah. yeah, and God is the greatest. He's the greater. Logically, God is the greater. Yeah. So if you leave God out, you're leaving the greatest out. So the Christian ethic is one of your body belongs to the other, and the other's body belongs to you. So that, you know, a good done to the other body is a good done to you. Mm. And that's how you're looking. That's how each person is looking at it. Yeah. So if you take this out, then you start looking at things in a very possessive way, yep. in a very narcissistic way, right? And sexual narcissism is, um, the reason why it's bad is, and the reason why it's, uh, or the reason why we have such um, strong penalties for sexual narcissism is because it breeds something, mm. incredible pain. Mm. It creates pain in people's lives. How many people have sexual pain? Yeah. because they've been molested because of someone's narcissism, right. right? 
where they didn't look at that body and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to treat that body as I would want my body to be treated. Right. You know, right? Yeah. They looked at that body and they looked at it as an, in a selfish way. Yeah, in a lust, lustful way. Yeah. And so this is, this is a, a beautiful passage speaking of the Christian ethic mm. and moving it into the marital bed. Mm. And now we see that Paul's totally talking about the marital bed because in the next line he says, do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time. Mm. It's Paul's wonderful way of saying, right? Hey, don't deprive one another of what? Each other's body. Mm. Each other's body should be something that is given over to the other one. You know, my body's not for other people. It's for, it's for my wife. Yeah. And, you know, if your spouse, though, doesn't treat your body good, then you're going to know pretty quick. Yeah. So most marital situations happen very early on, mm. a lot of times in the marital bed, mm. and there's already a red flag. Right. So someone knows someone's being narcissistic, and yet no one says nothing. Right. right? And that goes on for years and years and years and years. Right. Some people even call it their duty. Yeah. And they start using these terms, you know, (laughs) like this is my duty and it starts becoming very dysfunctional quick, you know, where you're going to, you guys aren't seeing each other's body as a blessing for, you know, to, to honor, to better, to give than to receive, to love your body, cherish your body. No one ever hated his own body, Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, but he nourishes and cherishes it. Right. And and that's how we should treat our spouse. Hmm. So he says, don't deprive one another except for a time with mutual consent. So that's the idea is just mutually consenting to the time of not having intimacy. Right. Um, so sometimes we think we tend to think that intimacy, and this is where the Corinthian church had it wrong. They tend to think that uh, sexual intimacy was somehow made you a little less than holy. It was like uh, it was like you're on a second tier of Christianity, you know, like the lower tier, you know. And Paul had to say, no, 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 it's good that you know a hus, you know, a person, a man has his wife, and a wife has a husband, and 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 he just puts in the Christian ethic of this is how you're to act, right? You know, yeah. And it's and, difficult. I mean, I think if you know Christians, if they. Um, do it the right way, you know, the, the courtship, you know, the, the the wedding night will be their first experience with that. And there's probably a whole lot of, mm-hmm. whole lot of uh, wrong thoughts and experiences that, that, that yeah. come before then and coming together and it's not talked about um, as much as maybe it should be mm-hmm. in church, you know, and, but I know yeah. you've been, you know, very involved with ministry yeah. and groups talking about <laughs> yeah, these, yeah, these issues, yep. which is awesome, you know, bringing it into the light and talking about it. But yeah. you can see it's an area that, that is, that can be a real mess, you know, because yeah. we come from maybe self-gratification and pornography and we come from, you know, premarital sex and we come from the world that yeah. says certain things and, and even, all these things. And even not even pornography, right? It, you can come from just, uh, you know, a church environment and yeah. still because you're bent, meaning you have iniquity in you, you're yeah. bound in iniquity, you know, you tend to get selfish. Yeah. And, and so because sex is um, vulnerable, it, it's the most vulnerable, yeah. it's, it's sensitive. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of narcissism in that environment 
really can hurt a heart. Yeah. You know, but if someone just goes, hey, it's my duty, you know. Um, and thing is, is, it, you know, I, I, you know, we should have attitudes of like, Jesus longed to give his body. He, he knew it was going to be incredibly painful, all that, mm. but he longed to make his bride white. Right. You know, to go on that cross and to give his body for us yeah. was, uh, was, you know, the joy that was set before him, yeah. right? He endured the cross, despising the shame. Yeah. And to ha for us to have that attitude with our spouses, for the joy that's set before me, what is the joy that's set before me? Well, it's the joy of my spouse. Yeah. It's my spouse's joy. You know, what was Jesus's great joy? Not only the joy of the Father, but it's the joy of us, redeeming us, being right. the redeemer. You know, the Old Testament calls it the strong arm of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus yeah. is that strong arm. Right. You know, so um, anyway, I hope that helps, Casey, to yeah. kind of, I hope, is that what she was looking for? I, I, I hope so. I would say yes. I hope so, <laughs> Casey. <laughs> yeah, I hope I got the right passage, but yeah. I think that's no, the No, I think you did. Um, Casey, let us know. Hopefully that, uh, that helps you along with that. Definitely interesting topic. Yeah, and, and I mean, the rest of the passage is talking about, of course, temptation, you know, that in that time of abstinence, you know, mutual abstinence, where, you know, you're tempted, um, that you make sure that you guys come back together again, yep. you know, and again, mutually wanting to help one another out, you know, um, heterosexual monogamy, Christian monogamy is absolutely the highest ethic and I don't know anybody who's done it perfectly. Mm. I don't know anybody who's done it perfectly. People have been remarried. People, uh, people have thoughts in their mind right. that they don't have it right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know anybody who's one man, one woman, for life, perfect, on the ball, <laughs> yeah. not narcissistic, did it absolutely right. Yeah. It, it is super... If you're that person, please write in. <laughs> please write in. Let us know. We'd love to have Tell you as a guest. A guest on the show, yeah. Yeah, it's... It, the the Christian ethic is the highest, but it's because because God can't compromise perfection. Yeah. You know, that's what he's created. Yeah. You know, for a specific purpose. Right. You know. And how important it strikes me, you know, if you're looking for a, a spouse, if you're someone that's single and, and and you know looking to be married how important to have someone that there's a there's a there's a, a culture of confession and honesty in your courtship you know that you're not going into marriage with these hidden things so that you believe you're with someone that knows what it is to have grace knows what it is to you know grace for you grace for themselves to to yeah like we talked about someone's aware of their own stuff yeah the know? corinthians certainly the corinthians had a lot of stuff yeah Oh yeah. I mean they had quite a background. Yes. And and so, you know, they had a lot of things to chat about and talk about and uh, when they got together with someone like, "Hey, this is, you know, we know our background. I mean, yeah. we've been, you know, here and, you know, and I'm 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 grateful that in my life I have uh, a person, uh, a wife in my life uh, for over 30 years that um knows me, knows my background, right. knows my ins and outs. Knows you're a mess. And I know her <laughs> in and outs, yeah. you know, and and we come from a really weird background and I, I don't share it very openly because it's not very, um, it's not a PG story. Right. And so um, I try to kind of be a little gentle with 
that story, maybe break it off in pieces yeah. here and there. <laughs> <Not> bite size, <laughs> digestible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, but it's nice to when you look at someone in the face and you go, man, they know me. Yeah. You know, and thing is, is Jesus knows us. Right. That's you right. Know? And He loves us. And He loves yeah. us. That's right. And it's not based on our performance because yeah. it can't be because he knows us <laughs> that's right he knows yeah. us it so says he a, knows the thoughts right uh, thoughts that there was nothing good in man yeah oh right right so to have a spouse that's that reflects that on any level is yeah. a real blessing rather than like well i'm going to marry Bo because he is just oh, unbelievable because that's going to crash right no real quick yeah and be problems you know yeah yeah what you you know what you always want is people that are just working on stuff you know, yeah. and that they know, they know what they need to work on, and right. they're open about working on those things, and that they meet someone who's doesn't just know about their junk, so to speak, but they can call it for what it is, mm. and work on that. They're not going to be perfect people, yeah. Um, but our sexual behavior matters to God. It it is one of the most. Uh, um, um, amazing theologies of why God created sex right. in the first place, mm -hmm. and something certainly to be studied. But just yeah. practically speaking, you know, just take that Christian ethic of loving your neighbor as yourself, um, you know, doing good to others. Yeah. Um, that should be something that is exemplified in the marital bed. Right. Amen to that. Great, great topic. Yeah. yeah, it's a cool topic. That's it why is. I like the ministry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get into all that stuff. Yeah. Um, a question from Craig, um, talking to women. Uh, Craig asks, uh, how should a family view a church whose head pastor is a woman who's female? Will it affect their salvation? Mm. A lot of questions always come back to salvation. Yeah, That's what yeah. can I do this and still be salvation, saved? Salvation, yeah. Well, I think uh, Bruce? Uh, Craig. Craig. I hate Craig. First of all, salvation is is defined for us in the book of Ephesians, and uh, you've probably heard that many, many times, but I'll go there once again because it's so cool, the passage, right? Um, so in chapter 1, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who now is at work in those who are disobedient. All of, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of this sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. It's kind of neat, by nature. Mm. objects of wrath we just did what was normal to us right. objects of nature yeah the natural man the right? natural the Bible man, says the yeah. Nat yeah and then it says but because of his great love for us god who is rich in mercy and that because of his great love for us or because of his mercy is really a um it's a you it's an idea from the psalms the psalms continually talk about god's unfailing love in mm. the midst of israel's sin so Israel blows it, King David blows it, uh, their sins, uh, David says, my sins are over my head. Um, he talks about just how he's so depressed, he so can't believe it. They're wondering where God is half the time, but they're always talking about his unfailing love. And you see that kind of idea here in Ephesians 4. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Mm. So... 
our becoming alive to Christ is something that happened even when we were dead in transgressions, for it is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable uh, riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works. So there we go. We're saved by grace through faith. Um, so salvation is not going to be attained um, if you go to a church with the correct speaker, the correct. Right. Now, with that being said, um, we have to look at that church and we have to ask a question, and that is, is what that church is doing, is it biblical or is it not? And, you know, my, my first pastor and wonderful mentor, David Guzik, has wonderful videos on this. Um, if you go to Enduring Word on YouTube, and just type in women in the search of Enduring Word, mm. you're going to come up with his, his, Pastor Dave Guzik has a message to women pastors. Oh, wow. So he has just a, a, a message to them, which is really, I thought, very tactful. Yeah. And he also has a study there on 1 Timothy chapter 2, 8 through 15, mm. that is really important to, to grab. Yeah. You know? And that might help you, um, Craig, just grabbing uh, some of those main biblical points that you're going to want to have under your belt if you ever want to um, kind of maybe sit down with the leadership of the church you're in and talk to them biblically about it. Yeah. Salvation issue? Um, not so much, unless they're teaching some weird doctrine of salvation right. that, of course, is you know not biblical. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm assuming that these people are teaching salvation by grace through faith. They're teaching Jesus is God in human flesh. He is the Redeemer, um, and that um, there is one God and only one God um, in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming those things. Yeah. Um, so I hope that helps in the idea of that salvation is by grace. Mm -hmm. It's not by even any works of righteousness, it says in Titus chapter 3. Um, so Titus chapter 3, not works of righteousness have saved you, okay? Mm -hmm. yep. uh, but it is something to look at, and we have to say, hey, is this really what the Scripture's teaching? Right. You know, and look into that. And right. I would, I would uh, ask anybody to do that. And, um, and so... Um, I, I take the Bible pretty plainly mm. that when it talks about, um, uh, m you know, people in teaching roles in the church, talks about uh, the male headship mm. um, of elders and overseers, um, uh, they are to be husband of one wife. Mm. Um, I see that very clearly as a male mm. um, there. Um, some people don't. Some people see that a different way. But uh, again, look at that First Timothy chapter two, eight through fifteen. Paul seems to give um, interesting, I would say, uh, I would say, very universal reasons for um, w women in the assembly to be underneath a male leader, yep. and and it has to do with God's creative order right. and the fall. Right. Uh, both those uh, topics are spoken of.
So Paul tends to go back to Genesis just as Jesus goes back to Genesis when he's talking when Jesus is talking about say marriage mm-hmm. in the book of Matthew I think it's chapter 19 where uh, the Pharisees are challenging Jesus on the issue right. of divorce. Jesus goes back to have you not read he who made them at the beginning made them male and female. He right. goes back to the time before the fall. Right. And this is the same kind of idea that Paul does in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Yeah where his reasoning for women keeping silent in the assembly uh, and the men teaching is he goes back to the time before the fall. So he goes back to the, in a sense, uh, what's supposed to be happening? You know, the way the intent was and what happened. Paul mentions what happened in the fall, that there was a, a, uh, you know, a, a, uh, a, um, um, if you will, someone who was deceived. Mm. You know, he talks about Eve being deceived, yeah. first deceived. Um, so, you know, but it's a big topic in the church. Mm-hmm. It's one that's uh, certainly been around. I think, uh, like baseball, everybody's got to play the position. Uh, yep. Everybody's got to, you know, if you're a catcher, don't seek to be the pitcher. And mm. if you're a pitcher, don't <laughs> seek to be a catcher. There's things as a male that I can't do in the in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and so... <coughs> You know, I can't be hanging out with a ton of women and, you know, doing intense discipleship with women, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, that's why Titus, in the book of Titus, and the, the, these are pastoral epistles, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. These are written pastor to pastor, mm-hmm. you know. Again, male pastor to male pastor. Right. And... And the Bible's very liberating on women. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it is very liberating. Women are serving all over the place in the New Testament. And even in the, old, in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, they're serving too. Um, so it doesn't have to do with women serving, <coughs> but it has to do with um, everybody playing their part. Yep. And so Titus chapter 2 is another good read to talk about you know women teaching women. Yep. And so it doesn't say, hey, men... men you know, go with the women and teach the women. It doesn't say that, right. you know? So we understand that, uh, it, you know, I, so I can't just chime in and say, hey, I wanna be the pitcher. Yeah. You know, I wanna go in with those women and, you know, I got a lot to share, yeah. you know? Right. It, it doesn't say, it, it says women teach the women, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, I tend to be more of a, a person <laughs> like that uh, even though I come from a background that's, I mean, super progressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everything like that. So uh, certainly my culture would want me to lean the other way. Mm-hmm. But then my sports, I think, culture helps me understand that we all have a part to play. Yeah, right, have you, a position. We yeah. all have a position. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the same with marriage. It's not men are superior and women are inferior. That's why the leadership or anything like that we have. You know, we, we reflect something of God and his character, you know. I mean, yeah. the, the Bible says there's no there, no male and female, no, you know, in in heaven, there won't be those roles. There won't be those, um, there's there's no, you know, dual marriage. Greek or, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. marriage and that kind of thing. But right now we are, like you say, we're playing roles. We reflect. It's not about men even being better, you know, leaders in the home because I think sometimes women would do a better job. No, and <laughs> a lot of, and, yeah, and a lot of times, like I said, men, <laughs> Men have failed. I mean, yeah. if there's anything that we look at in the world, we see the world as a reflection of men's failures. Right. Like I've said, it's a mirror. Yeah. It's a mirror image. We look at the world and it's reflecting on what we've done. 
Yep. You know, but there's two things, uh, 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 two passages that really come to mind when you shared about marriage and about leadership in the church. And one is when it talks in Ephesians chapter five in verse 22, that famous passage when it says, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, there's that passage. Yep. But if you flip over to first Timothy chapter two in verse 11, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Same kind of same kind of idea is being shared in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Right. Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Yep. And then you see that same kind of verbiage being expressed in 1 Timothy chapter 2 when talking about the general assembly mm. and, and male leadership. Right. And so you see those two places where this kind of idea of submissiveness is yep. coming underneath rank is what that word submissive means. Mm. You know, it's a military term to come underneath rank. Right. You know, not not being forced to, but volitionally coming underneath. Yeah. In a volitional way. Yeah. So, um, and we all do this, by the way. Just so you know, everybody does this. Everybody comes underneath someone. Yeah. At different times in life right. or in the day. Right. You know, if you're at work, if you don't come underneath your boss. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, that's right. You know, we're looking for another job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I hope that helps. Yeah. And again, that was um, in Ephesians 5, right? That's that the section Ephesians on... Ephesians 5.22. Yeah. Yep. Right before that, I believe, the last verse of the previous chapter says, submitting to one another. The last verse, before right. verse. Yeah. So yeah. again, there's still that submitting, you know, like you talked about at the beginning of the show, yep. there's that, that overriding love is, is submitting to one another. That's it's, right. It's not a um, narcissistic, male-led church or home mm -hmm. or whatever you know we have to submit to one another yeah a good church and... is going to have a great balance you're going to see women in leadership uh in their roles and you're going to have men in leadership in their roles as well right yeah well look at that right at the end of the show i hear the music playing thank you for being part of the show today everyone great question thank you Bo. yeah no problem. i enjoyed that we will be back same time same place tomorrow Wednesday evening. We'll also have our service following our live broadcast as well in the book of Ezekiel, I believe. Have a wonderful evening. We'll see you then. God bless you guys. You've been listening to A Reason for Hope. Thank you again for joining us as we continue our journey through God's Word, one question of the heart at a time. Until we meet again, we would love to connect with you. You can text or email your questions to questionsforhope at gmail.com. You can also find out more about our ministry at calvarychristianfellowship.com. And be sure to join us next time on A Reason for Hope. A Reason for Hope is an outreach ministry of Calvary Christian Fellowship in Tucson, Arizona.